Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to rock and roll. So, let's get on with the show. First hit show was, must have been um, Rockbaren in the Plaza Vespi, I think it was. And uh, we, I don't think the first show we even had a bad name. We just went on stage. This is where it happened. Right here is where we created Heat in 2007. One of the most pivotal moments of my life. We got a hundred. We'll call you, don't call us. <laughs> but that was awesome. I think that we all agreed individually, one by one, no pun intended. But um, there was a small problem. We needed something to set us apart from everyone else. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up.
Sonny, you know we love us some heat around here. Am I right? Love the heat. Always been a big fan. So let's see. Both you and I fall in love with heat. We see him on the 2019 Monsters of Rock cruise. We think Eric might be the best front man we've ever seen. And then less than a year later, he leaves the band. <laughs> it was like somebody gut punched us, right? The, and this was literally not that long after we did like our heat top 10 songs. Heat released an amazing record shortly after the 2019 Monsters of Rock cruise. But they didn't waste any time. They were quick to name a replacement, and they uh, bought back the old new guy, which was Kenny Lecremo, who was the original singer on the first two Heat records. How did you feel about that replacement? Uh, okay, well, let me start at the end. In the end, it's going to work out because he knows those guys. The more I listen to the first couple albums, the more I get used to the voice. We've heard parts of the new album. It's all going to work out. At the beginning, my feeling was when you get divorced from Jen, because she's going to divorce you at some point because she's going to come to her senses, you going back to an ex-girlfriend is probably not a great idea. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. (laughs) Right? Go to the next person. Jen's never leaving me. (laughs) Oh, dude. She already left you. Is she there right now? Nope. She left you already. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, She might be wanting to leave me after today, but (laughs) but it's okay. No, we got a good, tight relationship. My thought originally was, look, I know Kenny can sing because I know the singer on the first two albums is good. My issue was, is that the first two albums are much more radio-oriented uh, sort of pop rock tunes. They're not rocking enough for me on those first two records. There is some rock stuff, but for me, when Eric joined the band, they seemed like they had much more of a focus on who they were and they became much more of a melodic hard rock band as opposed to just a melodic rock band. Yeah. I think the difference is Eric is bringing an attitude with the look, with the energy right? He's bringing almost this punk enthusiasm into these guys who are already good songwriters and it just takes them to the next level. Kenny's just not that guy, right? Right. He seems to have an outgoing personality. There's nothing wrong there. I'm not saying he's kind of toned down. He's just not punk. He almost looks Bruce Dickinson Mm acts than he does punk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Overall, and we'll get much more into this. We got a lot to unpack in this episode. We're going to share, Sonny and I, some of our favorite Kenny Heat songs, including the latest album, Force Majeure, which at the time you're listening to this, the album was released on August 5th. So go out there and check it out. Hopefully we'll play a little bit of it for you here. But we're also going to play a short interview I did with the guitar player in Heat, Dave DeLone. And we talk a little bit about Force Majeure, the latest record. I've had a chance to listen to this record. Both Sonny and I have had a chance to listen to this record for a while now before it got released. And all of my fears with Kenny and how the band would return back to kind of this uh, melodic rock band has been smashed because 
to me, they're every bit as rocking as they were on the last heat record, which makes me super happy. I mean, you guys know I don't like a lot of ballads. I like to rock and roll. I want my rock bands to rock. And on this latest record, they do exactly that. So I'm excited to say that we'll go through this. But with all these episodes, you know, before we get too far into it, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So for tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we have another super band. So many super bands, so many super groups these days. They're all getting put together by Frontiers Records, it seems like. Anyway, so we're going to feature the band Clean Break. This record's been out for a little over a month. A lot of people are excited about this record. The initial response from the folks in the various rock group chats things, people seem to like this record a lot. This is the band that features Robert and Perry from Striper, also features James Durbin on vocals. Who's playing drums on this? Is it Tommy Aldridge? No, bumpkin. Well, Robert would be playing. Oh drums. yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I'm getting my <laughs> I'm getting my super groups mixed up. Yeah, Tommy Aldridge is playing on the um, iconic record. My bad, my bad. Yeah, so uh, it's Robert. Duh. Okay, so check out this song called "Dying Breed" from the Clean Break record.
Okay, so I've listened to this album a couple of times. Here's my thoughts about this song. The music's great. The vocal's okay. The melody's meh. And when it comes down to it, I think I'm just starting to realize I don't like James Durbin. That's what the issue is. His voice is just starting to gnaw on me, and he really wants to be this power metal guy. And I get it on this song. He's trying to back that off. But all I can hear is that shit power metal he was doing. I can't unhear it. I don't know. Look, I think he does want to do the power metal thing. I think he's got a really good voice. We know the guy can sing, right? I mean, he can sing. It's just maybe he's not singing in the style that's pleasing to your ears in particular. But we've heard him do all kinds of different stuff. I like this clean break record. Will it finish in my top 10 for the year? I don't know. And I definitely want to spend more time with the record. It's just so tough getting the time to spend with a full album. You find the songs you like, you put them on a playlist and you listen to those. Uh, and there's definitely some good rock and stuff on this clean break record. And so, you know, and it's nice to see guys like Perry and Robert playing outside of Striper because you really... I mean, up until now, you've not seen Robert do anything else, have you? Not that I can remember. I'm sure he has, but nothing that has come across as a super group. You know, keep an eye on it. If you like what you heard, check it out. Clean break. Yeah, check it out. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Before Sonny and I get into some of our favorite Kenny tracks from the Heat records, including the latest record, Force Majeure, I thought now's a good time for us to share this Dave DeLone interview that I did. So check this out. We'll come back. We'll talk about it a little bit, and then we'll jump into those songs. Welcome to the Grown Up Rock Podcast, Dave DeLone from Heat. How are you, man? Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying this summer. Yeah, good. The Swedish summer. Yeah, it's pretty hot. You got a couple of weeks off from touring, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's um, basically we we, uh, we do a lot of uh, flying shows now during the summer. So, but it's, uh, yeah, we have a few, uh, few days rest now, so. That's good. We're going to Finland in about a week or so. And then I see you're headed over to Australia later on as well, right? Yeah, yeah, in September, I think. Very cool. So yeah. growing up, which albums, bands, or songs particularly impacted you? Oh, I was, um, I was into a lot of different music when I was a kid. Obviously, I, I was a big fan of hard rock and melodic rock. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just, I love all kinds of music. And 
but I always had this thing for 80s music, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed with the 80s. So just good music in general. Yeah. Was there an album uh, or a group that, you know, basically stayed in your in your player the whole time? I mean, I know I can zone in on a few for myself, but yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, when I was like really young and started to get into music, I, I loved Guns N' Roses yeah. and CC Top. Those bands were like, uh, yeah, the first uh, rock groups that I really became fond of. And uh, Iron Maiden as well. But then, uh, it, you know, as as you um, get more interested, you start, you know, exploring and you find all kinds of great bands and stuff. So um, the taste uh, changes over time, you know. So then I then I started listening to uh, like Yngwie Malmsteen or um, more sort of, how, how do you say it? Um, guitar oriented yeah yeah guitar oriented and and more like um musicians music you know right that sort of thing i always loved um you know all kinds of music you know so so not only rock music but uh blues and and uh, yeah uh, pop music and, and jazz and you know everything as long as it's good yeah as a guitar player were there any guitar players that had a huge impact on you or influenced you in a particular way yeah i mean there have been some Obviously, I, I grew up with uh, older uh, siblings who play guitar. Like my brother, for instance, he's 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I looked at him quite a bit. But then, of course, uh, you know, Slash and, you know, Ingrid Malmsteen was a huge influence. And, and also, I had friends, you know, who played guitar in, in school that inspired me as well. Uh, one guy in particular called uh, Chris. He was um, really good at guitar. So, you know, uh, I, I think I, I learned and I got inspired by people around me. Uh, as much as you know the big uh, guitar heroes yeah what is it with the band heat when guys leave the band they may at some point return this has happened twice once with you <laughs> and once with yeah. kenny yeah yeah it's strange i don't know it's just i mean heat is a, it's it's uh you know we're, we're on a certain level so uh, we've always been like a, a niche sort of uh i mean the music and the fans it's it's a niche group you know in a way so um, we've been at this level for quite a while. And, you know, I think that it's difficult to, to maintain like a, like a solid lifestyle, you know, uh, and be a part of because it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as with all sort of artists and people who create stuff, you want to explore new territory and, you know, try new stuff. But then I guess for me, at least it was sort of a I, I really needed that break from heat because it was um, it was sort of a reset for me, you know, to uh, I learned to appreciate it again, you know. I, I missed the music and the songs, so it was never about like, um, you know, I don't want to do this uh, anymore. It was just uh, I needed to do something else in my life, basically. Well, I think sometimes being in a, in a band is much like a marriage, right? And Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the chemistry is there and sometimes it's not, and uh, it doesn't mean that you dislike your brothers in arms it just means that sometimes you need to break right (laughs) oh yeah yeah totally i agree it's it's exactly like a marriage actually (laughs) um, uh, yeah it's pretty much sums it up you mentioned a few minutes ago about exploring different territories and and doing different things and i think yeah the music industry or the music business nowadays is kind of much better for artists than it was in the past, meaning that 
you have that option of exploring some different things when you're at this level. I mean, you've done it with producing Captain Blackbeard. You've done it with uh, being a part of uh, the New Horizon record that Jonah T. did with Eric. So you're able to sort of branch out and do some things, but still return to that mothership, which the mothership for you is heat, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, the reason I got into to, uh, music and and you know, uh, heat in general was uh, that I love to create, you know, I love writing and, and creating music. That was the main sort of drive for me. And um, yeah, I think I think that um, some people are in it for different reasons, maybe, but the, the love of creating for me never stopped, you know, I miss the music and the songs. That's, that's the main reason I, I got back and, and the guys as well, you know. How does uh, the writing process work with uh, you and Jonah and Kenny? Because primarily you are the three that do the bulk of the writing, correct? Yeah, yeah. Does it start with a riff, a lyric, a melody? How does how does that work with you three? It differs quite a lot, actually. It could be like a riff. Uh, it could be a chorus, a melody, or a, a set of lyrics, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's different every time it feels like. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it worked great. Kenny being back, you know, he it felt like the, the good old days, you know. So he's a creative person, you know. So it's always fun to work with someone who is has a lot of ideas and, you know, who is involved in the in the process of creating. So, uh, yeah, it worked uh, very smoothly, Kenny being back. Whoever has this idea, do you guys start putting things down on a phone or a, or a tape or uh, bringing it to the group? Do you guys have these group sessions where you go, well, here's an idea I was working on? I, I mean, how does that work uh, when you guys come together? Yeah, it could be like, uh, for instance, uh, some of the times... Uh, someone might, you know, write almost the entire song and then bring it to the table for like, uh, so we can like come with ideas if there's something that needs to be tweaked or whatever. But, uh, and sometimes it's just, uh, it's just an idea of uh, like, I want to make a song that sounds a bit like this. And then we all get involved and do it together. And sometimes it's just, you know, like a riff. So it, it could be a bit of everything, you know. It's not cookie cutter. There, it's it's different no. every time. I guess is exactly, your point. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time around, how is making this album with Kenny different than making a record with Eric as far as the vocals go? As far as vocals get, I mean, Kenny's a, obviously a different singer. He's got different qualities. So I wouldn't say that uh, it's uh, like a totally different thing because it's not. It's still heat, you know. Mm-hmm. Music is pretty much still the same, but in a way, there's a certain like. Uh, you try to, to uh, adapt, like, or you try to make the most out of uh, whoever's singing, you know, try to, to maximize their potential and take advantage of their strengths, you right. know. So so that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. So, if you, for example, if, if, you, if you know that uh, Kenny's good at a certain thing, then, okay, let's uh, make that stuff come forward, you know. and Playing to the strengths. Exactly, yeah. How do you feel like you've progressed as a musician since the first Heat album? Oof. <laughs> it's hard to tell really, but I think that um, the more you do it, the more you learn. It's been, I don't know, 12 years, maybe, maybe more since the first Heat album, maybe 15 years. I don't remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's a lot of time and you put a lot of hours into it. So the craft becomes better, you know, your tools become sharper. And then, you know, as you progress as a person, it's also gonna affect the, the way you make music uh, you know when you're young you have a certain mindset maybe and you maybe certain things are more important but now maybe other things are um, yeah more important you know right 
there's no doubt that as a player, you become a better player just from the amount of shows that you do over the course of this 12 years or however long it's been since that first heat record. So you're going to become a better player, but I think there are different things that grow within each musician, whether it's melody or feel or play, or, you know, you taper off and become more of a, of a blues player or a jazz player all within the rock element. But you know what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's uh, what we talked about earlier. Like, uh, you always try to to explore and, and you know, break new territory. So it's. Uh, I think that it depends on who you are as a as a person and a creator. But in general, for me, I associate creativity with exploration. That's that's a part of creativity for me. Without, you know, ex- exploration is a part of, of creativity. It wouldn't exist without it. So it's a key element, you know, uh, being a musician. I think to explore and to uh, try new things. Yeah, it's a wide umbrella. So you can explore as a player, you can explore as a writer, you can explore yeah. as, you know, a creator of melodies. I mean, there's a million oh, yeah. different places in which you can explore. Yeah. Where did the concept for Force Majeure come from? Who named the album? It was actually Kenny who named the album. Okay. And I think, you know, it's, it's uh, felt very fitting for the time being, you know, and a lot of things happened during that time, you know, Kenny was back, or first of all, Eric quit the band, and then Kenny came back, and, and you know, the pandemic and everything, it's just, you know, it, it felt like the thought behind Force Majeure, I think, it's it's about, you know, it means, uh, basically it means like a major force, mm-hmm. uh, that's one interpretation of Yeah, it has a variety of meanings, but I think that... Um, we felt that we wanted something that was like, you know, we can't stop now. We got to keep pushing. And that was the, the vibe, you know. So I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but yeah, it is a, a superior irresistible force, which I think is the meaning that the band wanted to take. But here here in the States, it's also a law term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a legal way for people to get out of contracts because yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's an act of God, right? That was interesting when I started researching that. I, I was like, uh, well, I'm sure that they don't mean it to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also quite fun because we, we have a new record label now. So um, Yeah, so I got to ask you, where does your affinity for hats come from? Because you're a regular hat guy. I don't ever see Dave without a hat. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, an unusual sight. Actually, my first hat I got from a, it was a British uh, punk singer who, who passed out in some uh, backstage area. And uh, that hat traveled through different persons and it ended up with me. So I was like, yeah, it's a cool hat. And then I just, you know, I just fell in love with hats. Can't really <laughs> explain it. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, something I like. Yeah. So uh, I first became a Heat fan after the 2019 Monsters of Rock cruise, which was your first cruise right. on the boat. Oh, yeah. That today, the first show in Studio B is still my personal favorite show that I've seen on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Oh, really? Thank you. Nice to hear. And then since then, I was there again this year for you guys set with Kenny. Yep. Yeah, you guys have become kind of a a favorite of the boat. Uh, I've been on a few different cruises, and between you guys and Eclipse, you guys are, uh, both bands are very uh, a favorite amongst us bands, I guess. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice to hear. I mean, we love playing the States. and you know. When you have those Monsters of Rock cruises, do you guys enjoy those? Is it something you look forward to doing? How does that work for you guys as a band? I mean, first of all, it's a, 
it's a really nice trip regardless of like whether you're in a band or not i mean it's a great experience you know mm. to go on that boat and there's so many bands playing and you know nice weather and you know great food it's just a really nice experience and you know we, we we love going there the first time we went we didn't really know what to expect but then we're like wow this is really really cool there's not a thing like that in europe i think they don't do that sort of thing at least not that long you know mm-hmm. and in in that setting you know it's really beautiful it's warm and it's uh, really nice you know the caribbean it's uh, great good stuff yeah hey there's your drummer <laughs> it's a drummer <laughs> what's up what's going on don you doing okay <laughs> it's all good yeah 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 sure great new album thank you did you hear it all i've listened to it for the past two weeks yes all right okay awesome yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. I'll let you get back, guys get back to it. Okay, thanks. It's a drummer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the drummer. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Force Majeure uh, because this record, I've had it, like I, I was telling Don, I've had it for about two weeks now, and I've gone through it a couple, well, more than a couple. I've gone through it many different times. My main concern, because I got to tell you, the last Heat record is probably my favorite Heat record. Oh, really? I loved that record a lot. Yeah, I mean, probably for me, too. I, I, I think that's a fantastic record. Yeah, it's it's a hacks a punch. <laughs> well, that's it. So I, I enjoy guitar-oriented records and where Heat has done a really good job because Jonah, Jonah is a, a key writer in the band, and so he's a keyboard oh, yeah. player. And yeah. where a lot of melodic rock bands for me fall short is when it comes to mixing or writing, for me, the keyboards are too dominant over the guitar. So yeah. I, I personally don't enjoy it as much. It doesn't mean it's good or it's bad. I'm just a guitar oriented person. That's what I listen for. Yeah, I hear you. So when Heat 2 came out, it was very guitar dominant, I think. With this record and getting Kenny back into the band, the first two Heat records for me are pretty melodic records. Yeah. And so I was a little bit concerned that it would be a return to the really sort of overly melodic. I don't know how to tell you. I, I think you know what I'm driving at, yeah. which is less yeah, guitar. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And that's not this record at all. This record is is very guitar heavy. And so it was exciting for me to hear that i guess yeah 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 i think i hadn't thought about it actually uh but i think that might be on par with the last one when it comes to guitars is that something that you consciously do within the band and the writing structure is to make sure that you're heard as a guitar player when the writing or the mixing is happening well i think that i think that uh, both me and uh jonah and kenny love guitars you know so it's uh it's not a it's pretty, you know, uh, natural for us to to uh, put the guitars in a spot where they can be heard, you know. Whereas, you know, the first two records, those mixes are, to be honest, um, back then, I think the mixes turned out pretty different from what we, um, what our, like, initial idea was. And the sound was not, like, exactly where we wanted it. So I think they are... A little bit softer, or as you said, like um, yeah, there's a, there's a certain sound on the two first records. That, um, yeah, it, it's always been like um, a compromise for us, you know, uh, in a way. Uh, and that started to you know get better as soon as we got more you know creative control, and we could like um, yeah, we could um, hire people that we really 
knew um, understood what we wanted to do you know yeah i mean i think it in listening to the band's entire catalog i mean it seems like that started to take shape when eric entered the band i'm not yeah. saying he's yeah. the reason for it but it just seems like sound wise that's yeah. where the band started to to develop more of an edge yeah, yeah. and i think that's uh, also a time a place in time where we we uh, you know we ended up on a new uh, label and we got to work with a lot of good people, you know, and uh, that could fulfill our vision. So, yeah. Do you guys consider an album like Into the Great Unknown as an experimental album for Heat? Because it had some stuff that was familiar to Heat, but at the same time, it was also a little left of center from the rest of the material. Yeah, I'd say it's, uh, it was, uh, I mean, if you listen to it, it's, it's, um, it sounds a bit different, you know, so I would say it's pretty experimental. You know, for me, I came in pretty late in the process of, uh, of that record. So, uh, yeah, and I think it was like something that people, you know, because at that time, I think, because I wasn't in the band, but I think they had sort of a break, mm -hmm. um, not like official, but they took some time off, you know, the guys, and, and then they came back. And I think it's uh, one of those albums that, you know, it's also about, you know, that album is... It's about uh, trying new stuff and, you know, just uh, getting out stuff that you have been, you know, thinking about for a long time. And, you know, I, I can't speak for, 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 the, for, the, for the guys, but, you yeah. know, I think that was the idea behind uh, that writing of that album, you know, right. the, um, to, to uh, just explore and, and try new things, you know. Got it. That's hence, hence the title as well, you know, Into the Great Unknown. Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. It all kind of goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's let me ask you about Force Majeure a little bit more. Which song yeah. on this album was the easiest in the writing process to kind of complete? Uh, I think that um, Back to the Rhythm okay. was uh, one of those songs that came up pretty, you know, it, it, it went fast, you know, from uh, idea to finished song. Right. You hear a lot of musicians talk about songs and some of them, you know, take years and years for them to complete oh, yeah. and they change it a million times. And some of them, even some of the biggest hits in the world, they're like, yeah, we wrote that in 15 minutes. Right. So yeah. it's interesting. I yeah. always find it interesting how the creative process works when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I thought about that many times, you know, uh, especially, yeah, you mentioned that a lot of the the big hits are written in a very short uh, time mm -hmm. span, you know, and I think that's also self-explanatory when when you when you write something fast, you know, I think it could often be the pieces just fall in place, you know, and hit music are often quite simple, you know, in a way. A hit song is always uh, it's usually simple but not boring, right? You know, and I think that um, yeah, there's something with a something with that relation of writing a song very fast. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Maybe not overthinking it. Exactly. Yeah. Once you start overthinking, it could take years to finish a song. You know. Yeah. Were there any of these songs on the album that that were long processes, maybe that have been around forever in a day, and uh, you just finally finished it up? Were there any of these that ended up being that? Yeah, I think um, Nationwide was a bit more like that. It's a pretty simple song in terms of like mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not complicated, but it took some time to finish it. But also, uh, "Wings of an Airplane." It's it's an old song that was actually intended for the, the Heat Two album, but it never made it to the final 
destination. Wings of an Airplane is actually one that I'm quite fond of. Yeah. That's one that keeps growing on me with every listen. And so uh, I like that song quite a bit. The Nationwide, for me, is very, the riff anyway, the riff is very uh, dangerous ground feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, You know, it's a burner. I I like Tainted Blood quite a bit. Yeah, that's that's my favorite, actually. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. That's one of my favorites is Tainted Blood. I like Wings of an Airplane, like I told you. Um, Back to the Rhythm and Nationwide are great tunes as well. Not for Sale. For some reason, that's sticking with me a, a little bit with each listen. I uh, like that one quite a bit. So this record really is good. I think the fans are going to dig this record. So yeah, I think so too. Good job on the record. Tell Thanks, that man. to the rest Thank of you. the guys. Uh, oh, great yeah. job. Force Majeure again comes out August 5th is the release date. You've already released three singles, Hollywood, Back to the Rhythm Nationwide. Is there another one coming before the record releases? Yeah, I think so. Probably, yes. We haven't decided which one, but I think there's one more coming. What's next for Heat? So we've got touring through the rest of this year, at least through October. And then what's happening in 2023 for the band? Do you know yet? Uh, We have some loose plans, but nothing like official yet. So yeah, we're looking into gigs, you know. Well, Monsters of Rock is later in 2023, so they can add you to the cruise. That would make us all very happy. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) I want to go. Please come back on board. Yes. We're okay with that. If they book us, we'll come. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, So hopefully you guys uh, will be a late addition to that. That would make us all super happy as far as that goes. Uh, Anything else you want to add before uh, I let you go here? No, I think that's about it. Uh, Yeah. Dave DeLone, appreciate your time. Thank you, man. Good luck out there on the road. Be safe. Thank you. Take care. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So overall, you know, the interview we got from Dave, Dave seems like a really nice guy, right? He probably doesn't interview a ton. My guess is the guy's an artist and he's happy being an artist and he doesn't want to be the front man. Otherwise, I guess he'd be singing or whatever. We've seen him live. He kicks ass. There's no doubt about it. What really resonated with me on that interview was he talks about why he left and why Eric may have left. He doesn't really say why Eric may have left, but he kind of roped it in to when you asked, like, why are people coming and going? And he's absolutely right. Heat has gotten to possibly a plateau, and it's probably hard to keep that plateau going because it takes a lot out of you to do it, and it's not making you rich. And you kind of feel like you've hit this plateau. You know, there's probably, they could break in the US, they could probably do some other things, don't get me wrong, but they're not a startup band. And you're going to have to be on the road to make any money. And that gets old. And my guess is Eric will never say it out loud. Now, whether it was him being sick or whatever it may be, Eric's got the name and Eric's got X amount of time like a sports athlete does to do something with that name. They probably got to go take advantage of it. And I think some of our favorite singers in our lives, their bang zone of their voice was between like 25 and 45. And that's where Eric is right now. And he's probably looking at how do I make the most of this as I possibly can. And maybe he's just, the juice isn't worth the squeeze kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's easy for the fans, myself, you, 
the fans, right? I think it's easy for us to sit up in our, our chairs and go, oh, my favorite singer left my favorite band or my favorite guitar player left my favorite band. But to those guys, right, they're not in Journey. They're not in <laughs> Def Leppard. They're not in Van Halen. They're not sitting on million-dollar mansions and millions of dollars in their bank accounts. They haven't written songs that are bringing them royalty checks every month. These are bands that have some recognition that are doing okay, that can play a thousand seaters, 2000 seaters in their home country, but that's it. And, you know, they sell some t-shirts, they sell a few albums, but they're not getting rich off of that. That is not just heat. That's a million bands out there, right? Tons of bands, bands we love are in that category. So I think that they have to explore whatever comes their way, even if it's just something, I mean, Hey, as we're recording this and it's, it's been a while now, but we, we know Nita Strauss just left Alice Cooper's band to explore something better for her financially. Right. And that was a surprise to a lot of people, but she's an amazing guitar player. She has a brand that she is building and she can now take that brand and use it in other places and explore those financially because at the end of the day, it is about making a living, right? Yeah. And like Nita's example, you know, whether Alice is paying her a flat fee a year, whether she's sitting at home or playing with him, or she's paying her a show, we know Alice to be above board. He takes care of his people. There's no doubt, but that taken care of, has a plateau. Mm -hmm. That plateau is not changing. You are a member of Alice Cooper's band. Mm -hmm. That's it. And she's being talked about a lot right now. And if she wants to take that and make it bigger, yeah, you got to do something. And he, just like he said, if they were an American band, they're playing clubs, they're making 15 to 20 grand a night if they're lucky. Mm -hmm. They're in a van, right? They've got maybe a guitar tech with them, maybe somebody driving around. They can't do flying fly-out dates because they don't have the legacy to do that. Not here anyway. And you come and do 50 dates because you can't play everywhere because nobody knows you. And you're all over the country for what? I think the warning, who are the, the ladies from Mexico, they said they did 27 shows in 46 days or something like that because they were trying to push it all into one time frame so it didn't cost them so much. I mean, that is a goddamn grind, right? Those ladies are young. These guys are in their 30s. Yeah, I mean, you heard Dave say, I think they have a bus over there in Europe, uh, so they're big enough to have a bus. You heard him say that they do fly-in dates here and there, uh, especially this time of year. So, I mean, they, they do do that stuff, but again, they're either lucky enough to play a festival or open a big show here and there, just like you saw with Eclipse, or they're playing, you know, 500, 1,000 seats, maybe 2,000 seats if they're lucky in their own country, right? In Europe. And again, that's, you know, God bless them. That's not going to make anybody rich for a long period of time, but that's why we love them and try to support them however we can do that. Uh, and that's, you know, in part, that's what this podcast is about is trying to expose that band uh, and other bands to more people whoever around the world uh, and let them go buy a t-shirt, go buy a CD or go buy a concert ticket. One of those things, right? And if you remember, Tuck Smith said the same thing. Remember when he ended the band initially, he's just like, dude, what are we doing? We drive our own a van and 
play, you know, 500 person clubs. Like I don't want to do that the rest of my life. But then he went and did Doug Smith and his own thing. So I don't know. That's right. But again, the new album Force Majeure came out August 5th. Go pick up a copy. You won't be disappointed if you like this kind of music, obviously. And we love it. So uh, we'll get into it. Let's talk about some of our favorite Kenny tracks going into this. So why don't you kick us off and talk about a couple? So here's how I kind of approached it. So there's the first two albums Kenny did, or Kenny was the vocalist. And then there's this new album that Kenny's the vocalist. And then, you know, he did a version of Rise. So I put all of those in a playlist and I said, all right, new band, forget Eric was in the band, pick a top five. And this is kind of how I came up with it. All three albums will be represented. That just happened to be that way. But my first two are both off the new album. So at the number five spot, I got this song called Harder to Breathe. And it's on the new album. I just like, there's like these two different voices in the chorus that uh, Kenny's using. I really like the verses. It's more of like a mid-tempo groove type of thing. There's a little breakdown right before the first chorus, which is really cool. And Dave is absolutely ripping on the solo. There's a couple of places where Kenny's trying almost a little too hard to be, I guess, screamy than he was the first couple of albums. Like he's trying to match where Heat is in their musical journey now than be the guy that he was the first two albums. But all in all, Harder to Breathe works for me. And then in the number four spot for me, which is actually my favorite song on the new album, is a song called Tainted Blood. Simple guitar riff, a little bit of intro guitar solo you get. It's got a groove to it, though. The verse melody and the chorus melody are awesome. And again, Dave is absolutely killing it. And here's an example of Kenny's doing some vocal gymnastics at the end, and it absolutely works. So there's times where Kenny's doing some things that it's like, oh my God, all right, he's there. It's great. And then there's every once in a while, he does something that is just trying just a little too hard. But for me, Harder to Breathe and Tainted Blood off this latest album absolutely work. Have you heard these two songs and what do you think about them? Uh, Yes, of course. I've heard these two songs. Uh, We've been streaming this record now for a good month and a half before the record was released. It's released now, of course, but at the time of this recording, we're still streaming it. And yes, Harder to Breathe, great song, Tainted Blood, we're going to talk about a little bit later on. So the way I approached it is it would have been easy for me to pick five songs off of Force Majeure that I love. Because this record, this latest record that Kenny is on is fantastic. And I think that if you're a fan of the Eric era of Heat, you're going to like this record. If you're a fan of the first two albums, because Kenny had a pretty good fan base. I know that there were people chiming in when Eric left and Kenny was back in the band that were ecstatic that Kenny was back in the band because they actually preferred the more melodic version of the band, then you may not like this latest album. (laughs) And that's just being honest as far as I'm concerned. But the way I I did uh, approach this is that I wanted to give a sampling of Kenny because he has good songs on all three albums that he's on. So the first album, the second album, Freedom Rock, and then this latest album, Force Majeure. So I'm going to start off with a song from the self-titled debut record. There's a song called Your Lying that I think just has terrific groove. It really moves, it rocks, and his vocals, like I said, he's just got a clean vocal delivery that's extremely strong, and he uh, is 
great in lower registers, but he can also climb on up there as well. And so your line from the self-titled debut is killer. I think you're lying. I think you're lying, baby. I think you're lying. Take your time and make your move. And give me everything you got. I want to know about the false impressions. Why do you push me to ask the questions? Number four is a song off the new record, which, to be honest, the first time I went through the record, this one didn't stick out. But the more times I went back through the record, time and time again, this song really started to stick with me. And I really love this song called Wings of an Aeroplane because it builds. It starts in one place, but builds into this other place and kind of explodes. And I like the overall feel of this song. Uh, and that's Wings of an Aeroplane off of Force Majeure. Have you heard these two songs? And what are your thoughts on these two? Uh, your line will skip because I'm going to talk about it in the next group of songs. But uh, Wings of an Airplane, I've heard it a couple of times. It's about middle of the road for me on that new album. Uh -huh. It was okay. It didn't wow me like some of the other songs did, but it was okay. Cool. My next two songs, which I've labeled number three and number two, number three is Your Lying. <laughs> okay, it's kind of unfair. You're lying. What can you do to prove me wrong? That's probably a little unfair. I thought it was until proven guilty, but you know, whatever. It starts with a chorus. I'm a sucker for that. There's a little bit of an R&B flavor to it, and I think that's what kind of makes it so catchy. And there's some dynamics to the chorus, and it's catchy. It's just the chorus is so memorable that you kind of get hooked in a little bit. And then my the song that I labeled number two is called A Thousand Miles, also from the self-titled debut Simple crunch guitar riff. Jonah T on the keyboards is moving along with it. 
And there's all kinds of accents and earworms and in the verses especially. And man, the chorus just absolutely is one of those choruses like you'll hear in the background and you'll be humming it all goddamn day. It's happened to me several, several times. And then you get a key change at the end, which I'm a sucker for. I know you've heard these two songs. Well, one you already talked about. Yeah, of course. You lying. Uh, <laughs> you lying. You're lying. Uh, we're both on the same page. A thousand miles for me. This was this was probably one of their biggest earlier quote unquote hits. It's one that got them some recognition. For me, this song's just kind of okay. You know, it's not one of the balls out rockers that I love so much by them, but it's all right. It's a well-written song. So I'm going to move on to my next two songs. And and one thing that I should mention is that, so Sonny and I are both sharing uh, five songs each. We shared the first four on a list, but we kept our last song to ourselves. So neither one of us knows what, you know, our favorite Kenny track, or if you're going to call it a favorite or our last pick is going to be. We'll share those at the end. But for me, my what I'm labeling three and two. So at three, Sonny had it at number four, and it probably is also my favorite song off this latest record, Force Majeure, which is Tainted Blood. I absolutely love this song. The earworm 
that Kenny does where he rolls his tongue. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It's really quick and it's really slick and it's a, it, that's all it is, is an earworm, but it gets in your ear and I absolutely love it. And, you know, once you guys seek this out and listen to it, because you'll notice we're not playing a lot of the new record here because at the time of post-production with this, the record's not even out yet. So you won't hear a lot of the songs that we're talking about until you either go seek them out or go purchase the record, which is good. Go get this record. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. But Tainted Blood is just a, is a killer rocker of a song and it's placed perfectly within the record. In my opinion, uh, it's the number three track, I think on the record and it's just so good. And then at number two, I've always loved it. Late Night Lady off the self-titled debut record. First time I, I heard this song, I think probably I saw Eric perform it. Uh, and then I went back and picked up the record afterwards. I just like this song. It's so, so catchy. And I could see this being a big hit in the 80s. It's just, uh, it's got everything I like in just a catchy rocker. Late Night Lady off the self-titled debut. I know you've heard both these songs. I know what you think of Tainted Blood. You already talked about it. What are your thoughts on Late Night Lady? Yeah, Late Night Lady uh, could have made my list. If we would have done like a top 10, it would have made my list on that for sure. Kenny's songs anyway. Uh, really catchy song off that first record, which the first record's interesting. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. Yeah, I think overall between the self-titled debut and Freedom Rock, which is the second record, I think Freedom Rock is probably a heavier record 
a more rocking record, so to speak. Whereas with the self-titled debut, they're still trying to figure out who they're going to be, right? And you heard, I think Dave may have mentioned it in that interview, right? That the difference in the sound uh, over time he's a guitar player. So, you know, he's had a hand in, in a lot of the writing of uh, the material and he wants to be heard as a guitar player, but Jonah T also plays a big part in that. And so, you know, who, who gets the dominating factor? Is it the keyboards or the guitar? And early on with the producer that they had, I think they tended to uh, wimp them out isn't the correct word. Uh, maybe smooth them out a bit early on for this band was where they were headed, but they took a different direction after Tom. So we're going to take a break in this episode. And I basically want to tell you guys that we are coming upon our fifth year as a podcast. So we are celebrating five years at the Grown Up Rock Podcast headquarters. And coming up for you guys, we're going to share not one, but two weeks of celebration for you guys. And it's all going to center around the fact that this is our fifth year as a podcast. I'm excited. I know my partner across the way, Sonny Pooney, is excited. Sonny, you got the streamers out. You got the little party hats out. We're having cake. What's going on? Hey, five years is a long time. We got to celebrate it because we may not have another five. Who knows? Some marriages never even last five years. So <laughs> it's fun. You guys will enjoy those episodes coming in the next couple of weeks. Give us feedback. We always like to hear you guys. We appreciate you guys being around. If you want to help out the podcast and we entertain you in some small way, you can help the podcast in two ways. Most importantly, go to Podchaser or go to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review. Not a one-star, not a two-star, not a three-star. Five stars, because the one and two, they don't help us. Go leave us a five-star review. Let us know that we entertain you guys. That helps us move up in the rankings. And lastly, you can come over to Facebook and join the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. It's a private group that we have that centers basically around the podcast. We talk about some of the episodes. We share new bands. We share just entertainment in general. We have good discussion. We have pretty positive vibe in that group. And we have a good group of people and listeners that are in the group. So come on over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. If you're a Facebook user, if you're not, hey, follow us over on Twitter. I don't know. Don't follow us home. That would be weird. Anyway, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. Now back to our episode. All right. Okay. So my favorite Kenny song, I imposed a rule not to do ballads or really to talk about songs that we had talked about in our top 10 heat songs because there were some heat songs in there. So I got a feeling I know what Steven's number one is, although he hasn't told me yet. But I can almost guarantee it's not this one. And that is off of Freedom Rock, and I'm going to go with Castaway. She came by, she didn't speak her mind Just like any times before 
couldn't take anymore first hear the song it kind of feels like you're going to get a ballad and then kenny starts and the music kicks in and the chorus is so good on this song it is really an 80s like pop rock type radio hit gem the guitar solo absolutely fits the song you don't got the anybody vinnie like none of that crazy shit like it all works and it's really made for radio so cast away off of freedom rock absolutely is a killer song yep I dig that tune. That's a good song off of Freedom Rock. Definitely did not have you pegged as picking that one, but it's good. For my last and final pick, look, I think I'm sharing songs that I may have shared on my top 10. I don't remember. I didn't go back to that episode. I know for sure Late Night Lady was in my top 10. At least I'm pretty sure it was. I'm going to be honest. This number one pick, which Sonny's right, he probably does know what it's going to be. It was definitely in my top 10 because I absolutely love this song from Freedom Rock. It's the only song I picked off Freedom Rock, and that is Beg, 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 because it is so absolutely fun. I defy anybody not to dance or shake it while this song is going on because it's just so good live. I like it on the record too, but live, it's just awesome fun i've seen kenny do it live now i've seen eric do it live now and it's just it's a great great fun song and it moves and it rocks so beg 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 from freedom rock is my last pick
and I knew it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that. Hard, I'm not that hard or unpredictable, am I? No, not at all. All right, so let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So since we're talking about a new album that's coming out in 2022, figured we'd go with something that just got released. So a couple of months ago, Coheed and Cambria released a Kiss cover. Now, if you don't know Coheed and Cambria, New York band, been around since 1999, really more progressive rock type stuff. I saw them open for Iron Maiden once. They were all right. They have 10 studio albums and they just released one this year. And this tells you all you need to know. Here's the name of the album. Vax's At Two. A Window of the Waking Mind. That's everything you need to know about Coheed and Cambria, what they sound like. So I listened to the new album. It was meh. But go to YouTube and find this cover of this Kiss Classic they did. So here is Coheed and Cambria with a unique version of the Kiss Classic, Love Gun.
So if you want to know more about Coheed and Cambria, seek out our friend over there at Potter and Hell podcast, Dylan Wright, because he loves this band. I saw this band at a venue that I worked at probably, I don't know, post-COVID, so three years ago maybe, and they had a pretty good crowd. I mean, I want to say probably 2,500 people in a 3,000-seater, so they do pretty decent business. They've been around, like Sonny said, 10 albums out. I don't know how to label this band. Definitely a rock band, maybe a little bit progressive. Yeah, they're they're definitely uh, strange for me. I don't know. I liked some of it, but mostly they're not in my wheelhouse, so they're not really my thing. This cover of Love Gun, I absolutely love. I think it's super cool because, and I've said it before on this, this show, if you're going to do a Kiss cover, I've heard Kiss covers done so many freaking times, every song just about. And if you're going to play it close to the vest, I'll just listen to Kiss. What are you offering me that's new? So if you're going to do something like that, then really go all out on a limb and just completely do your thing on it. And either I'll love it or I'll hate it. This for me, I liked because it's just a completely new interpretation of this song. I think his vocals are extremely haunting, I think is a good word on it. The arrangement on it, it's slow. It's kind of just interesting to me. I just thought it was interesting. I liked it. I didn't love it. And it has nothing to do with these guys' talent. The talent is absolutely off the charts. There's no doubt about that. But the mood they're trying to create and the mood they were trying to sing it at fits a lot of Kiss songs. There's plenty of Kiss songs about heartbreak and blah, blah, blah. Why are you singing a slow acoustic song about Paul Stanley's Johnson? So you know me. You know my reputation. 13 inches is a tough load. I don't treat you gently. Like, I don't understand that. It doesn't fit. But I think that's part of what made it interesting, right? It's so left of center that that's part of what made it interesting for me is, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, it, it, you know, he's, <laughs> I mean, it's so absurd. This version is so absurd, but I liked it. I don't know what to tell you. I just, I did. I liked it, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't fit the the sentiment of the song and and the spirit that the song was actually written in. It's a different take. I would actually like to hear where they're coming from on this and how they're interpreting this song. Like, I would like you to ask uh, whoever arranged this song, why is this being arranged in this way when the original spirit of the song is this? And hear what their response is. Maybe their response really is nothing uh, short of, we knew that it was so absurd, we wanted to add this uh, vibe to it. Maybe it is as simple as that, I don't know. And I'm not saying they had to do Hard Luck Woman. Obviously, that would have worked. They could have done Forever. They could have done Hide Your Heart. They could have done Rock Bottom. Okay, that would have been boring. But you could have done I Want You, and it would have been awesome this way. Yeah. You didn't have to sing about somebody's Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we keeps it interesting, that's for sure. And I know that the majority of the Kiss uh, Army is probably going to hate that version, but I liked it because I thought it was new, different, and unique, and that works for me. Would I rather hear that versus the original? Well, I don't know, but, you know, I hear the original 
five billion times. So it's a nice change of pace, I guess. So wrapping up the heat thing, heat's not going anywhere. Heat's as strong as they ever were. No, Eric Gronwell's not in heat anymore. That's fine, right? Eric's doing his thing in Skid Row. And I'll tell you honestly, I've heard some of the Skid Row record, and I've heard this heat record, and right now, heat's winning. The Skid Row record to me is losing, okay? And it's not about Eric or Kenny. It's just about the songs are written a little bit better on the heat record. <laughs> well, I like this uh, this new heat record, Force Majeure. Again, I would encourage folks to go out and pick up the newest one from Heat, Force Majeure came out August 5th. You should be able to find it wherever you find your favorite records and tapes. Do they still make tapes? Occasionally. Wherever you Occasionally, find, yeah. Wherever you find your favorite uh, CD, or maybe they'll make albums for this. Uh, they seem to be doing that a lot with uh, records. But if you like the last Heat record, I see no reason why you might not like this record. But it's really good. I think... Uh, Kenny is a different front man altogether with Heat. He definitely gives a different flavor to the band than what Eric was. But vocally, I think it's great. The songs didn't drop off. I think that's great. So I'm excited to see where Heat goes in the future. You have anything else to add before we get up on out of here? No, thanks for listening. Uh, five years is coming up soon. So look out for that. Yep. Catch the next couple of episodes, the next couple of weeks where we celebrate our fifth year as a podcast. Thanks for being there. No matter whether you're new to the podcast or old to the podcast, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you and keep your horns raised high. See ya later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle and roll. Play us out, boys. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. 
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.